Episode 18 of Vicious Talk with Benny P is our weekly NFL Picks Against the Lions with my good friend Jake Kelly. This week is week 12 for the NFL, and it's a Thanksgiving special episode, so enjoy the football coming up on this Thursday, Thanksgiving. Have a great time with your families, and I'd like to remind you all that we picked up our first sponsor here at Vicious Talk. My good friend Mike Mastrioni is the founder, and he runs a, a nonprofit organization named Action for Education which focuses on creating education opportunities for the people of Western Honduras. And it's a great organization for any individual in, in college studying pre-med, considering doing a um, study abroad program. Uh, Action for Education sends their, their contributors on a medical mission trips. And it's a fantastic opportunity for uh, any students interested in pre-medical studies and to experience the positive impact medical clinics can have for people in impoverished areas. And if you can't, make it on a medical mission trip physically, you can consider donating at the actionforeducation.org website. The, the, the address is www.actionforeducation.org, the number four. So it's www.action4education.org. And thank you for continuing to subscribe to he, my podcast here on soundcloud.com slash vicious talk. Without further ado, let's get into episode 18 and our weekly NFL Picks Against the Lines with my good friend Jake Kelly. Happy Thanksgiving. So today's guest on Vicious Talk with Benny P is my good friend Jake Kelly once again. We're doing our weekly NFL picks against the lines. This week is the NFL's week 12. So we're going to be getting into our picks for this week. But first, um, I'll introduce my guest. Jake, how's it going? Good, Ben. Uh, I'm excited. We're going to get a lot of extra football on Thursday. Uh, Got a a little bit of a break from school. So uh, looking forward to enjoying that. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, Thanksgiving week. Uh, we're so we're gonna do our picks for the holiday week. But uh, happy Thanksgiving to you, Jake, and your family. And uh, looking forward to watching some football tomorrow. Definitely. Yeah, right back at you too, pal. Hope you and yours have a great Thanksgiving. Yeah, definitely. So let's uh, look at the the results we have coming into this week. Um, last week in week eleven, we uh, we both had the same record. You went eight and five, and I went eight and five. Um, we had some uh, different di- different picks, um, and we missed a couple of bonehead ones, I think. Um, especially, like, I'm looking at that uh, Ravens-Green Bay game. Uh, I kind of overestimated Brett Hundley. Um, he's he's terrible. He's, he's not a good quarterback. And um, I kind of said that I didn't think he was um, that bad. But he's uh, he's it's, it's going to be – there's a path for the Packers to make the playoffs, especially if uh, Rodgers comes back. Um, but – with with him behind center, they don't really have much of a chance to do much. But um, yeah, we we did all right last week. We went both went eight and five, like I said, and um, that's not a terrible result um, in terms of if you're putting money on games. Um, it's not a bad uh, ratio to have in terms of wins and losses. No, not at all. Yeah, and, and our cumulative tally so far in the season now is you're fifty nine and fifty, and I'm sixty two and forty seven. Uh, we had a push last week. Uh, I think it was the Lions game. Um, and uh, that that I ended up I just t- ended up taking that off of our records um, because I, I didn't want to add it like what, what we've been doing all season. 
Um, yep. let's, get, let's get into our Thanksgiving games. You ready? Yeah, absolutely. All right, so the first game of Thanksgiving is the 1230 Eastern game. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings at the Detroit Lions. The Vikings are coming off a big win against uh, the, the L.A. Rams. That's probably the biggest uh, win of the season so far for them. Uh, but who are you going to take here? The Vikings are favored by three points. Um, I'm going to go with the Vikings here. I know they're on the road, uh, and maybe they, they're going to be a little bit down and after such an emotional high beating a really good Rams team last week. But I just – the Vikings are hot right now, and it's really hard to go against a team that, that looks like it could could possibly secure a bye week in the NFC, very stacked conference. Uh, that defense is really good. I think they'll be able to match up with a, a relatively one-dimensional Detroit offense. And uh, Detroit's defense, you know, outside of Slay um, and like a, a somewhat adequate defensive line isn't all that special. I think the Vikings will be able to get some things going with their wide receivers. And uh, I, I'd even take the uh, I'd take the over on the total on this game too. It's just forty-four and a half. I think that they're going to be some points scored. Uh, and Minnesota is going to go deep a few times. I'm definitely I'm going to go with the Vikings. Yeah, I uh, I don't hate your pick. I initially had the Vikings in this game. Um, they're a great team. They uh, they have a good passing attack with the Thielen and Diggs uh, running that wide receiver cr- uh, cr- uh, crew they have in Minnesota. Um, but I'm taking Detroit here mainly because, um, like you mentioned, it's it's a it's a road game for the Vikings coming off the big win against St. Louis. I mean, not St. Not St. Louis, uh, L.A. Now, and um, they uh, it's a 12:30 Eastern game. That's a tough. That's really tough turnover. Um, it's short rest. We've been seeing a lot on Thursday games this whole season how the results are are very unpredictable. They're skewed towards. It doesn't make a lot of sense in terms of who's winning and who's losing these Thursday games. And I think it's just kind of a a factor of rest and who's ready to play and the going on the road on the short rest on Thursday um, having that morning game for the Vikings is going to be really tough um, and so I think that the Lions can maybe grind out a win here so I'm going to take them um, for that first Thanksgiving game all right all right the next one the LA Chargers at the Dallas Cowboys the Lions at minus two I saw this uh, start off a little lower I saw the Chargers at minus one initially um, but I've heard this line get up all the way to two and a half, actually. So, but we'll take it at two here. Uh, the Chargers are favored by uh, that much uh, against the Cowboys in Dallas. But who are you going to take here, Jake? Um, I'm going to go with Dallas here. I think that uh, <clears throat> they're again, you know, they're the home team here, so that's that's something that's definitely going to skew in their favor. I mean, the Chargers seem to always find a way to lose games at the, you know, and it's just it's become a recent thing. Over the past four or five seasons, uh, I look at Dallas. You know, they they seem to be able to run the ball well enough against Philly until they until the uh, until the score got a little bit lopsided and they had to get away from that. Uh, San Diego's got those great pass rushers on the edge, and I think they could get some pressure on Dak. Um, whether Tyron Smith can play or not, I haven't heard anything about his status, but that looms big over this game. Uh, but I think Dallas should be able to run the football here, you know, particularly up the middle. Uh, Morris seemed, you know, to play well enough in, in what snaps he got. Uh, and I just don't have a lot of faith in that Chargers offense. They just – they don't seem to – they're just really incredibly inconsistent. Uh, on the road, short week, kind of your rationale with the Vikings-Lions game, you know, I'm kind of applying that here. Uh, I'm just—I have a little bit more faith in the Cowboys, and they really need a win to keep the season alive. 
Yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree with what you're saying. I think the Cowboys can definitely take this team. They're probably the, the this game. I think they're probably the better team in this matchup. Um, but like you said, I don't. I, I've heard that um, I that Tyron Smith's uh, status is in serious question. Um, I, it's doubtful. I think that he plays this game. And um, I've said this in previous podcasts. Sean Lee is the heart and soul of that defense in Dallas, and he's not likely to play in this matchup either. Um, and that defense is a completely different animal without those two guys in, in there for them. And um, I think Melvin Gordon here for the Chargers is uh, set up to have a good game here on Thursday. Um, and like you said, the, the Chargers are very unpredictable. Um, but I think that the Dak Prescott last week, he looked, I think he looked injured. I, didn't, I saw him throw some spiked balls right into the ground. He was just straight up missing receivers. Um, he didn't look great. His body language wasn't fantastic. And um, I think I think we're, I wouldn't be surprised to hear that he wasn't feeling a hundred percent in that last game against the Eagles. Uh, but um, like you said, they need to keep their playoff hopes alive by winning games like this. Uh, but I don't think that they will. So I'm taking the Chargers here. Yeah, and you'd you'd even refer to like Green Bay's playoff hopes. ESPN they just they just made available their annual playoff machine, and you know I kind of did an initial run through, and I had Dallas and Green Bay and. Atlanta all on the outside of the playoffs. That's how stacked the NFC is this year. Yeah. Really, really. Definitely. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how these teams overcome injuries and suspensions in the Cowboys' case. Um, and there's a lot of teams on the fringe of the playoffs right now that, in typical years, you wouldn't really see them making the playoffs. They're not. They're, there are a lot of bad teams this season, and there's going to be some pretty lousy matchups in that first wild card playoff weekend. Yeah. All right, let's get to the next one, though. The New York Giants at the Washington Redskins. The Redskins are favored by a whole 7.5 points uh, in Washington. Uh, Washington had a gutty cover last week against the Saints. Yeah, they had that whole game under uh, under wraps, and then Breeze brought them all the way back um, from a big de- – uh, they, were, they were down by a lot. I think it was, what, 31-17 or something like that, or 31-13. Um, and Breeze brought them all the way back to go to overtime and eventually win that game. Um, but Washington, like I, I've said this in previous podcasts, you don't really know what you're going to get from them. They're a really unpredictable team. Um, but I think that the uh, the loss of Chris Thompson, the running back, is a, a big loss for that offense. He's really the guy that they're running th- that offense through over recent weeks. Um, he's out for the season now, and they're going to turn the ball over to sh- uh, that guy Perrine. Um, yep. But I'm taking the Giants here um, with the points in Washington, though, um, on the 8.30 p.m. game on Thanksgiving. But who are you taking here, Jake? Um, I'm also going to go with the Giants. Uh, had this game been, you know, had this game been a week or two earlier, I'd probably go with Washington with a spread. But uh, like you said, the Chris Thompson injury, Terrell Pryor's done for the season. Uh you know, I think I saw something that that Kirk Cousins is the only got the only player on offense for the Redskins to be to be healthy and starting all of their games thus far. That's interesting. So a lot, yeah, a lot of changes for that Redskins offense. Difficult for them to get into a rhythm. I think they'll win the game, but I think it'll be close. The Giants showed out last week on defense. Uh, Perrine's going to be getting the rock for the Redskins in the run game, and uh, he's going to be running into a very stout front four for the Giants. Uh, I think that they can continue some of the success that they had against Kansas City last week, even though I think Kansas City deviated a little bit too far away from the run early in that game. 
so I, I just I think this is this game, you know, the perfect recipe for a close, perhaps low scoring game. And uh, I favor the Redskins in the game, but I love the Giants with the seven and a half point spread. Yeah, I, like you said, the Giants, I kind of they kind of have an identity at this point. They're not good, but they have a bad identity of grinding out low scoring games. Like you said, just there, I think that this game is susceptible to being low scoring again for the Giants. Um, they're really trying to get their defense to score their points for them, really, at this point in the season. Um, and I think that, like you said, it's possible they grind out um, a cover here at the very least. Um, but let's go on to Sunday. Yep. All right, the first away of the games on Sunday, the 1 p.m. Eastern games. Uh, we got a lousy game here. The Cleveland Browns at the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are favored by 8.5 points here in Cincinnati. Uh, who are you taking here, Jake? Um, I'm going to go with the Browns here. Uh, the eight and a half points is just is just a few points too many for me. Uh, Cincinnati has not been a good team this year uh, offensively. You know they don't have Eifert. They've kind of struggled uh, running the football. The offensive line is not great. Ross hasn't really shown up all that much. It's mostly been Green and LaFell. Uh, I think Cleveland, you know, being able to just focus on one or two players in the opposing offense should be able to keep this game low scoring close. Uh, the Bengals don't have an amazing defense, you know, an adequate defense. So, I mean, there are some plays to be had for the Browns offense. And uh, if by some miracle, I haven't seen it reported, but if by some miracle Josh Gordon ends up playing and not just practicing, uh, well, that could be I, an added. Isn't Gordon, I don't think he's eligible to play until week 13. Okay, okay, great. I did not actually know that. I know that he knew that he'd begun practicing, but I wasn't sure about his eligibility as far as playing. Yeah, I've heard so, good uh, that, about him. I've heard he's he's got he's going showing up to all their meetings and practices with a smile on his face, and he's got a, kind of a new attitude. But yeah, I don't think he's eligible till week thirteen. Yeah, I mean he's def- certainly got some financial motivation for that. Uh, yeah, I hope he gets, but I, I I'll wait and see until that happens. But I think Cincinnati would be the type of team where he could potentially break out. Were he playing? Uh, that aside, I, I still think that eight and a half is way too high. I think it'll be a low-scoring game, as you as you said. It's going to be a bit of a clunker, but uh, I don't have enough faith in the Bengals to think that they're going to be beating teams by more than eight and a half points. Yeah, this is this is a lousy game. Um, I think I'm taking I'm taking the Bengals here just because the Browns are. It's more so that the Browns are a terrible team than the Bengals are a good team. The Bengals, like you said, they're not a good team. Um, they have a good a good running back in Mixon, I think, but they're not really utilizing him. It seems like in the right in the right way. Um, they really don't have much of identity in Cincinnati, but they they did grind out a win against a struggling Broncos team last week, um, and they're at home here against one of the probably the worst team in the NFL in Cleveland. Um, and it's very, it's very possible they end up covering by eight and a half. Um, but like you said, this spread is is worrisome in the sense that it's probably going to be a little bit of a low scoring game. Uh, but it's possible we see some some variation here, um, and I'm taking the Bengals here to cover the eight and a half. Although I'm not confident um, in that pick because neither of these two teams are very reliable. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's go on to the next one. This is one of the many huge lines we got going on this week. There's a lot of um, big favorites. The ba- the Bears, the Chicago Bears, are facing the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia. The Eagles are favored by uh, thirteen and a half points. Who are you taking, Jake? Um, I'm going to go with Philly here. Uh, I just, you know, after seeing them dismantle, you know, an, an injured but adequate Dallas team last week, 
um, going into a game against a very one-dimensional offensively uh, Chicago Bears team, I think it's going to be an ugly game, especially in Philly. Uh, the 44-point total, you know, over/under, it seems seems a little bit low to me. I think that I wouldn't be shocked to see Philly get into the 30s on their own. Uh, Chicago, they've got Jordan Howard, looked really good last week against Detroit. Philly is a much better defense. Uh, and then on the offensive side, I think that uh, Philly presents a lot of the same issues in the passing game that the Lions do, but adds that, you know, a very diverse and aggressive running attack. Uh, I think they're just going to be too much for the Chicago Bears in all phases. The Bears have had a very uh, good season so far as doing, you know, some backdoor covers throughout the season, and they've had an opportunistic defense and a decent running game, but I don't think it's going to be anywhere near enough to stay close with Philadelphia. Yeah, the Eagles are definitely the favorites to take this game in, in, in real football. They're they're probably, if not the best team, the second-best team in, in the league to um, the, our, the New England Patriots. We'll, we'll get to them coming up. But uh, I think, that, like you said, the Bears are sneaky, sneaky decent. They're, uh, their offense is – been running the ball well most most of the time um, this season, and that defense is like you said they've been opportunistic and they've been uh, mildly successful this season. Um, but Wentz has been solid behind center for that Eagles offense. Um, he's probably him and him and Brady are the, are the MVP favorites at the moment. Um, oh yeah. But I, I'm gonna go with the Bears here um, with the big line because I think that it's possible that they uh, they have a backdoor cover like you said. Um, and this is a this this is mainly just because I think that the Eagles, they've been blowing all these teams out and they having some dominant victories that I think that they're susceptible to having a close game. I mean I don't know if they I doubt they lose this game, but um, I think it's very possible this game ends up being a little bit closer um, than ones that they've been having in the, in the past in the past couple of weeks. That'd be interesting. <laughs> yeah. All right, the next one. Let's go to the Miami Dolphins at the New England Patriots, like we mentioned. Patriots are favored by a whole 16 points. This might be the biggest spread of the year so far. Uh, but who are you going to take here, Jake? I love my Patriots. I think they'll win this game uh, by two scores, but 16 is just a bridge too far for me. You know, if this was like a 13 or maybe a 12-point spread, you know, I could, I could t- take the Patriots here. But Miami tends to play the Patriots pretty tough. Um, you know, they've got a solid defense this season. The offense isn't anywhere near uh, threatening, but I, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Patriots held under 30 here. And uh, the, I think that Miami will get some big plays. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked to see Devontae Parker make a few good plays in the passing game or maybe even a Julius Thomas. Uh, I think the Pats will probably try to key on Jarvis Landry and erase him from the game and just, you know, have these, these big play players kind of, you know, have to constantly run up and down the field and try to make those plays. Uh, it just really comes down to the spread being a little bit too big for me and this being a divisional game. Uh, I, I really, I'm never really comfortable taking more than 10 points spread in, in divisional contests. And so uh, I'm going to go with Miami and the spread here. I think their defense will be able to keep this a little bit close, especially with the Pats team that struggled in the red zone offensively. Yeah, I, I'm i going with the Patriots here. I'm kind of giving them a little bit of the benefit of a doubt that I wasn't willing to give the Eagles. Um, and I think it's just the fact that the New England Patriots have just been uber impressive the last couple of weeks. Um, that offense is clicking on all cylinders in the defense that was struggling to start the season really 
um, has kind of hit a little bit of a, a stride here um, as the season has gone on. Uh, they've been holding teams to less yards and, and scoring less points to, um, against them. Uh, so I think that the Patriots have a chance to win this game by, I mean, 20 or more, honestly. Um, and this line is, like I think, like I said, I think this might be the biggest line of the year, and it really couldn't be any higher at, at this. I mean, I don't think that the that Patriots have um, ever seen a line higher than that in, in recent years. Um, yeah. Kind of brings memory back to that playoff game last year against Houston. I think they were favored by, like, 16 or, like, 14 and a half or something like that. Um, and I think that... Uh, the Dolphins, they very well could cover this. Like you said, divisional matchups are always kind of grinds, but I think that the Dolphins have really been tanking the last couple of weeks. Um, they had a lot of turmoil with the c- coach um, doing cocaine on, on camera. Uh, Jake, yeah. Jake Cutler's been de- detrimental to that team if he's playing um, this week. I don't like his chances of scoring many points. Um and I just think the Patriots are a very impressive team. Uh, so I think it's very possible they cover here by the whole 16 points. But um, like, like you said, it's, it's, it's difficult to uh, feel confident betting um, the favorite with uh, points spreads this high. Uh, but this season we've been seeing a lot of teams, um, heavy favorites, covering these big spreads. And it's been interesting to see how uh, that trend's been going on this season. I think it's going to continue somewhat this week. Um, although I wasn't willing to pick the Eagles at 13.5 against the Bears, I'll take the Patriots at minus 16 against the Dolphins. All right. All right, another big spread on this next one. The Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are favored by 10 points. Who are you, take, who are you taking here, Jake? Um, I'm going to go with the Bills, and, and maybe some could perhaps rightfully accuse me of, of being a little bit reactionary based on what I saw last week in the Chiefs-Giants matchup. Uh, the Chiefs, they really they looked very confused with their offensive game plan. I thought there were a lot of opportunities against that Giants team. Uh, they got away from the run very early in the game. Uh, they seemed to force it. Uh, you know, Kelsey got his, but you know everyone else on the team struggled a lot. Alex Smith looked dreadful. Uh, the Bills defensively have been a very fundamentally sound team. Uh, complete disaster last week with Peterman at quarterback. You, neither you or I liked that move uh, when it was made, and that was only confirmed with what we saw on Sunday. But they're going back to Kyra. I think they'll play within a little bit more, and they should be able to keep this close. The Chiefs will win still, I think. But uh, I think Buffalo can keep this in the single digits. Yeah, this is, this is a tough pick for me with the spread. Uh, I'm taking the Chiefs to start, um, but – I saw earlier this week that they're not even they haven't even confirmed that they're going to start Tyrod yet this week. They're still considering starting Peterman again. Um which is ridiculous. Um he's a guy that had one of the worst starts in recent NFL history um as a quarterback and um it's ridiculous to think that Tyrod Taylor is in a better option at this point for that Buffalo team and I think just the fact that they're even questioning starting Tyrod is is kind of pushing me towards the Chiefs. Um, and both these teams kind of had similar decisions in the sense that they have quarterbacks that aren't aren't in that top tier and Alex Smith and Tyrod Taylor, um, but they're they're serviceable quarterbacks capable of leading their teams to wins. And the Chiefs had decided to roll continuously with Alex Smith, who is, who has been struggling, but it's doubtful, extremely doubtful, that Mahomes would be any better. And some fans and and writers have been suggesting that the Chiefs should switch over to Mahomes, and I just think that's the, that's the wrong call. The Chiefs have 
experienced some success this season, um, and I think Alex Smith initially was rolling really hard. He was actually the MVP favorite, not even like maybe five weeks into the season. Um, yeah. And I think that it's 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 good that the Chiefs are sticking with their guy. Um, it's possible they still switched over to Mahomes at some point if Smith keeps struggling. Um, but I, I think that the Chiefs are, are definitely the better team here. The Bills have been reeling really hard. Um, for some reason, they were panicking when they were 5-3, and three, it seemed like. Um, and I just I think that the Chiefs are going to take this one. Whether or not it's by 10 points, I don't know, but I'm going to root for it. Um, so I'm taking the Chiefs at minus 10. Yeah, and, and as far as like benching Alex Smith goes, that that still seems very reactionary to me at this point. I mean, they're seventh in the league in points for, and they're fourteenth in the league in points against. So, I mean, if anything is wrong with the team, it might be the defense. Yeah, uh, that's you know. True. So I, I I don't know that I. Of course, you know, last week the offense was really brutal against the Giants, and you know that might contribute more to a lot of this chatter, but. I think overall they're they're better off sticking with the steady hand in Smith for for at least you know through the end of this season and then maybe you know getting a look at Mahomes in the off season and uh, making a judgment call from there. But you know Smith just started you know it was unprecedented and a lot of people figured he would fall back to earth as the season went on. But you know he's he's had a very good season and it, it just seems very reactionary uh, to try to pull the pull the plug this early on him. Yeah, I agree. All right, the next game, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons had an impressive win against uh, Seattle last week. Um, this seems like a little bit of a reactionary line, although the Bucks haven't been impressive this year. It's going uh, to be a big line. Falcons are favored by 9.5 points um, against the Bucks here in Atlanta. Um, but who are you taking here, Jake? Um, I'm going to go with the Falcons. Uh, I think that they've started to kind of find their stride. I know they were facing a Seattle team uh, that was jarred by some of the injuries to the back seven of that defense, and so you know that might that contributed certainly to points they put up. But they're at home here against the Buccaneers team that has never, you know, that that hasn't all season had any blue chip players in the defensive back seven. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Atlanta put up near 40 points. Uh, Tampa Bay, they've also uh, – Jameis is still up in the air, isn't he? Or is he not playing? I had heard some varying different reports about that. Yeah, I think uh, it's doubtful he plays. I think they're going to roll with Fitzpatrick again. Yeah, and if they're rolling out Fitzpatrick, his propensity to throw interceptions uh, in, in key games, uh, that, that tends to uh, surface on occasion. And the Falcons are very quick defense. They, they haven't been as opportunistic this year as last season. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised to see that kind of uh, get kick-started against the Buccaneers. Uh, Doug Martin has been pretty rough the past few weeks, uh, kind of waiting to see them start feeding him or getting him some better looks. Uh, I, I I would have probably taken the Falcons had this been the spread been a few points higher. I I really feel like you know this is a, a good pick here with the Falcons. Yeah, I'm taking the Falcons here as well at nine and a half. Um, the Falcons were really looking like a struggling team, uh, not even like maybe a week or two ago. Um, guys were, and experts were really down on their offense, um, and they really kind of turned it around last week against Seattle, although the, the, the Seahawks kind of had some major injuries to that defense in Coleman and, um, and Sherman. Uh, but, I mean, that, that Falcons offense, I mean, they're, they're – they're capable. We saw it last year. They're capable of scoring a lot of points, um, and I think that 
Um, although they lost Devontae Freeman, I think rolling out Tevin Coleman as their as their lead back um, on a regular basis, on a, a, th- a three-down basis, I think he's a solid running back, and I think he's capable of really leading that, that offense, and Matt Ryan is capable of throwing the ball um, well to his receivers. Um, and I think that we'll be able to see uh, the Falcons here take it against the Bucks. Um, so I'm taking the Falcons as well. Yeah, you and I are, are on the same page about Tevin Coleman as well. I think, you know, talented player, and he's going to get an op- a good opportunity this week. So I'm excited to see what happens there. Yeah, exactly. All right, the next matchup, the Carolina Panthers at the New York Jets. The Panthers are favored by four and a half um, in New York. Uh, but who are you taking here? Um, I'm going to go with the Panthers here. Both teams coming off of uh, bye, uh, and I know the Panthers are on the road, but uh, I just see a lot of rookies on that Jets defense, especially you know at the safety spot. And Carolina has those big targets who like to get downfield. Uh, I don't I don't know if this is going to be a big Christian McCaffrey day, but I could definitely see it being a big Devin Funches day, a uh, big day for Ed Dixon. Well, actually, and I. Um, it looks like Greg Olson is coming back off the IR this week, which is like I don't, oh. don't want to rush you, but I'm taking my pa- the Panthers as well because um, I love the fact that Olson's um, practicing and he's uh, optimistic about his chances of playing this week. Well, that's just another that's just another concern for the Jets. Uh, they aren't a particularly good team matching up against tight ends. Dixon's kind of got that tight end body. Uh, obviously, Greg Olson is, is one of the best in the game at the tight end position. And you got Funches, who was a tight end, you know, ostensibly a tight end in college. So a lot of very big downfield targets for the Panthers. I think that's going to wreak havoc on the Jets. Uh, this line seems eerily low to me. And this is what this would be, you know, every week I try to point out a game where I might be willing to lay some money. This would be one of them. Line seems really low. Uh, I think if the Panthers can just keep everything in front of them on defense, they should be okay. Just don't let Roby Anderson get behind you. Uh, I'm definitely – I'm all in on Carolina in this game. I feel really good about it too. Yeah, I agree. I think that Carolina does kind of get um, a little shafted in the in the biggest lines. Uh, they're a quality team. They've been inconsistent somewhat this season, um, but they've really found a little bit of an identity these recent weeks. Um, coming off the bye, I like their chances of taking it to uh, to the Jets here in New York, though. Um, and so I'm going to take the Panthers at four and a half. Like I said, I love the fact that uh, Olsen's probably coming back for this game. Uh, the guy's a gamer, and he's Cam Newton's favorite target in, in history. He's shown that. Um, and I think that the Panthers are likely to probably take this one by a lot more than four and a half. Um, like you said, I think this line's probably a little bit low. Um, so this is this is probably one of their best bets of the week. Yeah, absolutely. All right, the next matchup: Tennessee Titans at the Indianapolis Colts in Indy. The Titans are favored by three and a half points. Who are you taking, Jake? Um, I'm going to go with the Titans here. I would expect them to bounce back after a long week off uh, after getting thumped against Pittsburgh. Um, I think they're just they're very multiple offense. You know, they've got a very versatile quarterback who can do a lot with his feet and his arm. And you've got a guy in DeMarco Murray who can do a lot in the passing game and the running game. Uh, the Colts, not a very talented defense. I don't think they'll be very well equipped to kind of deal with a very multiple offense like the Titans, who can also, you know, they're very deep at wide receiver. They may not have that top-end number one guy, but they can trot out a number of different players in the receiver position 
who need to be accounted for. Uh, I think that 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 by virtue of just you know being difficult for the Colts to match up with on the defensive side, you know, the Titans have got to be are my favorite in this game, especially three and a half seems a little low. Uh, and it's a must win for the Titans in order to kind of keep pace with Jacksonville in the division. Yeah, exactly. The Tennessee's kind of one of those teams, like we t- mentioned earlier, they're one of those teams that's probably going to make it into the playoffs um, and isn't really deserving of a playoff spot in recent in, in, in past years. A team of the, ta- the, the Titans' t- uh, talent caliber typically isn't really going to find themselves in in a playoff game, but right now they've kind of, like you said, positioned themselves to uh, earn a wild card spot, um, possibly take the division against Jacksonville. Um, and this is, like like you said, one of the games that they need to take um, against the Colts. Um, so I'm taking the Titans here as well. Um, the line is interesting to me. They're kind of asking you to take the Colts here, I think. Um, oh, yeah. With the lower line. Um, but I just don't think the Colts are, are really motivated to – get more wins here this season they have about i think they have three teams in front of them i mean uh behind them in the standings in uh, overall like top draft pick to the race for for the first overall pick and so the browns have kind of solidified that first overall pick probably at this point at 0 and 10 um but you got the giants and the 49ers um not too far behind them and then yep. you, got, you got then you got the, the teams that are three and seven like the colts so you got i think the bears are three and seven and uh, there's one other team I think that I can't remember. It's three and seven. So and, the Colts, I mean, they're not really motivated to win a lot of games here, I don't think. Um, and so I think the Titans here are going to take it. Yeah, I mean, and it's also it's a year without Andrew Luck, and so your ceiling is, is very limited to begin with. Yeah, exactly. Um, sense for me for Indianapolis, you know, it's nice that uh, Jacoby Brissett has shown flashes and. Uh, kind of kept maybe kept the fans and team engaged a little bit more than they would have been otherwise the toll zine under center but uh for the for the betterment of the franchise you know it might behoove them to start losing a few football games here yeah yeah i agree um as a path fan it, it kind of hurts me that the Pats couldn't hold on to Brissett because they traded garoppolo now um and then now they just signed a hoyer as their backup who has no future with that franchise and a guy like Brissett, yeah. I mean he he could have stayed there and been a good backup for uh, for Brady. Um, he's nowhere near the kind of caliber, and never will be a, as as a Tom Brady. But he's he's serviceable. He's shown some ability to score points and get some wins for for a struggling team like the Colts. Um, and so it's kind of sad that I, the Patriots can hold on to him. I agree with that, but I would but I would also say on the flip side, you know, the encouraging thing for for someone who's a Patriots fan watching for Seth Flourish is that if you believe the Garoppolo hype and you're encouraged by what you've seen from Brissett, I mean, we have to conclude that the Patriots have done a very good job evaluating quarterbacks over the past few seasons. Yeah, that's a good point. So if they, and I believe that they will attempt to draft another signal caller in a relatively deep quarterback draft class uh, this coming offseason, if they do so, I think, you know, maybe Pats fans can take away uh, some extra confidence from seeing these former backups begin to flourish in other spots. Yeah, I agree. That's a good point. All right, let's go on the next wave of Sunday games. We got a lot of games this week, so uh, we got a, we got a six more. Um, but this first four four p.m. Eastern game is going to be the Seattle Seahawks at the San Francisco 49ers. The Seahawks are favored by six and a half. Who are you taking here? Um, I'll keep it short and sweet. I just I think Russell Wilson is going to have another gangbusters game going to really beat up on the 49ers 
Uh, Seattle's defense, it'll be a good opportunity for them to regroup and kind of uh, adjust and figure out what they're going to do scheme-wise against a, a relatively toothless Broncos, uh, sorry, Broncos, uh, 49ers offense. Uh, I'm interested to see if Jimmy Garoppolo plays. I haven't heard a lot with regards to that uh, for this week. Uh, Beathard's played well the past few weeks, but you don't really trade that high draft pick and not play Garoppolo, in my opinion. So uh, that I'll be looking out for, but I expect Seattle to win and to win handily. Yeah, I'm taking Seattle here as well. I think that the reason we're not really seeing Garoppolo is, one, it's it's possibly still learning the playbook and getting used to um, operating in the 49ers system. But, I mean, they don't have any motivation to win football games. They they have, Right now they're sitting at that second, that second pick, um, and it's likely that Garoppolo is a lot more talented than um, the guy they have under center now. And the uh, the 49ers don't really want to win football games probably at this point. So, I mean, um, the Seahawks are definitely the favorites to take this one at six and a half. I like their chances of winning this game by a touchdown or more. Um, so I'm going to take the 49ers as well with Russell Wilson eyeing a big week. Um, probably the QB1 in fantasy rankings this week as well. Yeah, I agree with you there. Absolutely. All right, let's go on to the next matchup. The New Orleans Saints at the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are favored by two and a half. This is probably the game of the week. Both these teams are in the top five, and every power rankings are going to see most likely. Maybe the Rams are maybe six after that loss to Minnesota. Um, but both these teams are very good. Um, the Rams are favored by two and a half at home, um, but it's looking like it's close to a push almost on neutral ground. Uh, but who do you take here, Jake? I am going to go with the Saints here, and it's such a close game, very similar to last week when I was looking at Vikings and Rams. I went with the Rams last week. I was a little disappointed with what their offense managed to muster. Granted, it was on the road against a very stout Minnesota defense. Uh, I just have loved what I've seen from the Saints over the past few weeks. I think that, uh, you know, all things seem rather equal for me. You know, the Rams have the best defensive player in the entire game in Aaron Donald. Uh, but the Saints, I, as much as I've been, you know, very pleasantly surprised by how Goff's played so far this season, Drew Brees is Drew Brees, and you kind of mentioned what he what he did last week to draw up and, and beat the Redskins in overtime. I'm going to ride with a better quarterback, even if it's on the road. I think that Saints defense will be good enough to challenge uh, Los Angeles. I'm just this game. I'm hoping and praying that this is the, one of the games that I get on television this Sunday. Rams and Saints, one point apart. Both of them in the top three for points scored, and both in the top eight for points allowed. Very solid squads, relatively even. But I'm going to go with the better quarterback and the points. Yeah, this is definitely a, one of the best matchups we've seen in recent weeks. Both these teams are very exciting. They score a lot of points and they play solid defense. The Saints finally have a defense that works for them. They they haven't in recent years. They their offense has been able to score a lot of points in recent years and but they the the the, the storyline behind that New Orleans defense is that they don't they don't hold teams to less than points that they've been scoring. Like they they're not they haven't been good de, uh playing good defense in recent years and they finally have one that is really holding teams to um minuscule yardage and 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 relatively low point totals and um, and I, I just I love that running back tandem between Ingram and, and Kamara. Ingram he's like a eight he's like an eight seven eight year vet at this point, and he's kind of hitting his prime. It seems like, which is a little strange. Um, and, and I think it's just it's it's great to see um, a guy like Kamara come in this league. 
He, uh, I think he he was around like fifty to one, fifty fifty something plus to one uh, for rookie of the year odds earlier in the season because um, Kareem Hunt looked like he was running away with it. And if you told anybody that after like six weeks into the season that anybody other than Kareem Hunt, Leonard Fournette, or Deshaun Watson was gonna win rookie of the year, you would have been that's you would have told that person he's crazy. Um, yeah. And Kamara's really running away with it now. Um, he's playing fantastic. Uh, he had an amazing catch last week where he bobbled it and he like kind of shuffled through like three guys um, against the, that Washington secondary, and then he's caught. He reeled it in and went in for the touchdown. That was awesome. Um, and so I'm taking the Saints here as well. Uh, but this is gonna be a great game. Yeah. No, another point with regards to the Saints that I didn't bring up earlier. Looking at their schedule, this is, you know, a very big game for them, especially in a quest for a potential bye week because, you know, their next their three weeks here, they're at Rams, next week home against Carolina, and the following week at Falcons. Yeah. That's a stretch, and they need to start it off with a win. Yeah, that's a great point. They, uh, they have a tough stretch coming up, and uh, they're going to need to at least garner them hopefully two of those three games. Uh, but those divisional matchups coming up against the Panthers and the Falcons uh, sound like they'll be grinds for uh, that New Orleans Ooh. team, definitely. Be great football for us to watch, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, next matchup, Jacksonville Jaguars at the Arizona Cardinals. The Jags are favored by four and a half in Arizona. Who are you taking here? Uh, give me the Jaguars, please. Uh, and I'm. this seems like a low spread for me in a week where there are a lot of high spreads. Uh, just today, uh, Bruce Arians announced that Palmer and David Johnson would not be coming off of the IR. And so what we're seeing here, you know, this is a lost season in Arizona. Uh, what we were talking about with the Colts, you know, it being in their best interest to maybe just start losing some games. I'm getting the same sense with the Arizona Cardinals right now. Uh, Jacksonville, one of the best defensive back groups in the league by far, and a phenomenal defensive line. Uh, Darius has really shored up the run the run defense. I feel bad for Adrian Peterson this week. He'll be running into a brick wall all week, and whomever plays quarterback for Arizona is going is it's going to be ugly, very ugly, even on the road. Uh, Jacksonville, their strength is in the run game, and so and unless Arizona can really slow Leonard Fournette, uh, I don't see them having all that much for Jacksonville at all. This is another this is another game where I would maybe consider putting some money down in this game. Uh, I feel really good about Jacksonville, and Arizona seems to have every reason to pack it in at this point. Yeah, exactly. The the, the Cardinals lost their two of their best three players on offense. Um, we didn't mention uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald has a knack for making bad quarterbacks look great. Throughout his whole career, he's He's had lousy quarterbacks, and the list goes on and on. Uh, he's got Blaine Gabbert behind center now, who actually didn't look bad last week. Um, but the uh, the Cardinals did lose to the Texans, who aren't by any means a great football team at this point after losing to Sean Watson. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so I'm taking the Jags here as well. Um, I think this line probably could have been a little bit higher. Um, but with the cards at home, that's probably the reason why we don't see it um, around the 7 mark. Um, but I'm taking the Jags here. I don't like their chances at holding Fournette, like you said. Um, I don't love Blake Bortles by any means at any in any matchup. I don't think he's. I would love to put money against him um, come <laughs> playoff time if the, if the Jags uh, find themselves in a wild card matchup. 
Um, but I'm taking the Jags, like I said. All righty. All right, here we go. The Denver Broncos at the Oakland Raiders. The Raiders are favored by five points coming off of that big loss against the Patriots in Mexico City last week. Uh, but both these teams are struggling heavily. Uh, and coming to the season, it was looking like these two teams would be the kind of the favorites to take that division. Um, and neither of them have really stepped up. Um, but this this line's at minus five uh, for the Raiders. Who are you taking here, though, Jake? I'm going to go with the Broncos. This was a tough game for me to pick. Uh, I, you know, I'm tempted to say that the Broncos are another one of those teams that might be better served packing it in. But hearing all of these statements coming from John Elway over the past few weeks, I, that certainly doesn't seem to be their mentality. Uh, Vance Joseph, there have been whispers about him being on the hot seat in his first year in Denver. He certainly would be motivated to not pack it in, and we're going to get Paxton Lynch starting this game. Another person who certainly has a lot of motivation to show up and beat the Oakland Raiders this week. Uh, I'd look at what happened to the Raiders last week against the Patriots. It was fairly predictable with the deep ball really being their Achilles heel. Uh, Paxton Lynch is, you know, he we haven't seen a whole lot of him, but I'll tell you one thing. When he was coming out, he was tightly touted for one reason, and that was that he had a huge arm. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Demarius Thomas have a very good day against a very terrible Oakland defense. Uh, Oakland's offense, I think they're going to make some plays, but uh, if, there's a, if there's a defense that can be a bit of a problem for them, it would be Denver. Uh, I'm also a little bit – I just see this game being so close that the, the five points to Oakland seemed a little high. I think three points to Oakland may have been a little bit more appropriate. Uh, and for those reasons, I'm going to go with the Denver Broncos. Yeah, this matchup is, is extremely close and, and unfortunate how it's kind of ended up being kind of a lousy, lousy one. Um, and like you said, I don't think the Broncos um, have a lot of motivation to continue to try to put their best foot forward to win football games. Um, I don't like the fact that Lynch is behind center. It's, they can't really find identity on offense in Denver. Um, and if Lynch was any good, he would have been starting games three, three, three four weeks ago um, instead of Osweiler. And because um, there was no, there was no way they were expecting to win games with Osweiler behind center. And um, no. although the Raiders, the, both these teams are struggling from coaching struggles. I mean, Del Rio has been downright terrible for this Oakland team, um, and the Broncos haven't been experiencing a lot of good ex- instruction as well. Um, and so I'm taking the Raiders here at home. Um, but like you said, this is a tough matchup, a uh, difficult pick. Um, but I'm taking the Raiders. I think that uh, they end up taking this one against the Broncos, but this, yeah, this, this is a tough one. All righty. All right. Yes, the sir. Next, next matchup, Sunday Night Football, the Green Bay Packers at the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are favored by a whole 14 points, the second largest spread of the week. Um, this it's kind of unfortunate for the schedule of the NFL. They were really like, circling this game to be a big one for their schedule, um, and then once Rodgers went down, this this this, this matchup had been definitely lopsided. Now looking forward, um, but the Steelers are favored by 14 in Pittsburgh. Who are you taking here? I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. Uh, the line's a little bit higher, and that makes me a little bit uncomfortable with the pick. But Antonio Brown business has been booming. Uh, and the Packers, they recently got rolled by the Ravens last week. 
uh, at home, and I don't think it's going to change much against another AFC North team on the road this week. Uh, the Packers' defense hasn't been all that inspiring. Uh, the run game has been very inconsistent the last few weeks since Aaron Rodgers has gone down. Uh, and Hundley just has not been, you know, much more than a, you know, half-decent backup quarterback. I really – I just – I went with Pittsburgh here, you know, being the home team, uh, being in prime time, and uh, – having an opportunity to really beat down a team who, uh, who frankly just doesn't seem to be equipped to take them on at the quarterback position. Yeah, I'm going Pittsburgh here as well. Um, like I mentioned earlier, this season has kind of been a trend of favorite favorites having big lines and covering them. Um, there's been a lot of that going on this season. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are a great candidate to do that once again this week. Um, I, got, I got bit pretty hard last week taking the pack, um, thinking Brett Hundley was able to – score some points for that team but uh, he's he's not good um, and uh, he, he doesn't really know what he's doing back there for the Packers and hopefully they could grind out a win or two um, before Rodgers comes back but um, I don't like their chances to take this one against Pittsburgh on prime time like you said Big Ben loves the, the lights and it's going to be probably cold in Pittsburgh but that doesn't phase um, Roethlisberger and his offense usually too much and that defense for Pittsburgh has been solid all year um, and so the Pittsburgh Steelers are one of the two teams in the uh, AFC that really looks solid. The Pats and the Steelers are definitely the favorites to uh, go to the, a- the AFC championship game. Um, but, yeah, I'm taking the Steelers here to cover as well. All right. All right, Monday Night Football. The Houston Texans at the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, the Ravens came off a big blowout win against the Packers last week. And the Texans beat the, uh, the Cardinals last week. Um, and this one's in Baltimore. The Ravens are favored by seven points. Who are you taking here? Um, I'm going to go with Baltimore. This is a really tough game for me to kind of make a pick. Uh, both offenses, uh, very mediocre. Uh, but I ultimately went with the Ravens just because I, I just think that the home field advantage will be big for them. Uh, their defense really has been clicking. Granted, you know, they played quite a very awful quarterback last week for Hundley. Uh, I I figured that Houston would be very competitive against Arizona last week. Uh, however, I, I don't think that that's going to continue on the road against the Baltimore team who's fighting for for their playoff lives at this point. Uh, and so for for those reasons, I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I, I don't hate your pick. I think the Ravens are probably going to win this game uh, at home. But I, I'm taking the Texans to cover that seven points mainly because Joe Flacco is terrible. He, if, if he makes the playoffs – He's going to be the worst quarterback in the playoffs, almost certainly. Um, and he's just looked awful. And he's the, the Ravens are one of the teams that you look at on the list of why didn't they sign Colin Kaepernick. And even the Texans are too. But, I mean, Texans, it's understandable after the, the coach, is, he made some of those controversial statements about inmates and everything. And it's doubtful that they would have ever signed Kaepernick after um, yeah. that, went, that went down. But the Ravens are definitely uh, circled as one of the teams that – likely blackballed Kaepernick and um the Houston Texans uh, they're they're not they were looking solid before they Watson went down um they've lost some big names on defense um but I'm going to take them to cover um against Baltimore here on Monday night um but it's kind of I, I don't think either of these offenses are capable of scoring that many points so that's why I think it's going to be a little bit of a closer game I hope so on Monday night it'd be nice to have a nice competitive game 
A lot of these Baltimore games have been ugly games for one reason or another, you know, against Miami. Uh, yeah. So, you know, really excited to see, you know, a good game out of these two. Yeah, hopefully. Um, that's going to wrap up our picks. It looks like we have a few uh, deferring picks. We got one, two, three, four, five, six, um, seven, seven picks, eight picks that are deferring. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll see how we do. It's gonna be uh, we're gonna have some differences in our in our standings next week in our in our lunch bet. So we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah, absolutely. But we got Thanksgiving coming up. Um, are you excited to uh, meet with the family? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've been trying to get a lot of work done today, and then hopefully I can get a little bit done tomorrow before the festivities begin. But I'm excited to be with friends and family for the holiday. Enjoy some football and some turkey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I wanted to ask you, what's your favorite? Uh, what's your favorite Thanksgiving dish with your family? Do you, do you guys make anything special, or is it kind of the classics? Oh, um, uh, we'll give a favorite. Well, we tend to stay pretty classic, but one thing that we will do is we'll always bake a turkey in the oven, stuffed, and then we will also deep fry a turkey as well. And that deep fried turkey is phenomenal on the okay. sandwich. Yeah, I'm, we're, I'm doing big, that, we're doing that this year as well. We're, my mom uh, is brining, brining two turkeys right now, um, and we're going to deep fry one and bake one as well. And you'll you'll have to, next week, you'll have to let me know what you think of that because it's been a tradition over here for a few years, and I don't think it's going away. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. It's going to be a great meal um, with some great family, and we'll see three three football games tomorrow. The Two of them are looking really solid, although I'm not – Excited for that Giants Redskins matchup. I'll I'll definitely be interested in catching some of the Vikings Lions and the Chargers Cowboys. Yeah, exactly. Maybe we'll throw on a movie instead of watching the Giants and the Skins. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, true that. All right, buddy. Thanks for joining me. Absolutely, brother. You have a great holiday, and uh, I'll probably shoot you a text tomorrow, wishing you well. All right, man. Yeah, uh, wish you all the best at Thanksgiving. I'll, I'll definitely text you tomorrow, uh, and, this, and we'll talk about um, how we did in our picks later next week. Alrighty, brother. Have a good. All right, yep. man. Take it easy. I'll talk to you later. Sure. Bye. Okay, bye. Okay, that's a wrap for episode 18 of Vicious Talk with Benny P. Thank you all for continuing to listen to my podcast here on SoundCloud.com slash Vicious Talk. And don't forget to visit our sponsor's website, Action, the number four, education.org, if you're interested in donating to their great cause of contributing to the opportunities for education in Western Honduras. Or if you're studying pre-medical sciences in college and you're interested in joining Action for Education on one of their great medical mission trips to Honduras, visit the website as well. Or you can email them at info at action, the number four, education.org. So thank you all for listening to episode 18 of Vicious Talk with Benny P. Now go out, have a happy Thanksgiving with your loved ones, enjoy your time off, and always remember to be vicious. Thanks for listening.